Podcast Marcus with Chip Nellinger. Chip is with Blue Reef Agri Marketing in Morton, Illinois. Chip, Chip, how you doing, man? Pretty good. We got through the uh, great Halloween blizzard here in Illinois. Yeah. And um, hopefully we're going to get some clearer weather. There's a lot of crop in the field still here in uh, the northern third of Illinois, and and you know even out towards you guys and and north. There's. Uh, a new month now, November 1st, and a lot of crop left to get in the field, so farmers are getting a little bit antsy. Yeah, dry down is a uh, is getting to be a bigger, bigger issue of what we see now, and it's a uh, some of this cold weather hopefully should uh, should help get some of this uh, moisture out of this corn taken care of. Yeah, and I just, um, you know, the guys that had started a little bit ahead of this uh, were still talking, you know, mid to upper 20s. As far as moisture goes on corn, so um, it's a slow process. That is that is definitely a fact. Plus, when you start throwing in some of this uh, rain and snow and everything else that on top of this, you're going to start seeing a lot of crop damage as far as you know corn getting laid down and soybeans getting smashed and everything else. So it's going to be a fun harvest on top of what is already going to be a fun harvest. Yeah, exactly. And I'd say here locally, we're probably as saturated as we've been since uh, spring. We've yeah. had, uh, I'm just off the top of my head, I don't know, six, seven inches of rain in the last three weeks. And then that's not even counting the snow, which was, I don't know, two to four inches most people got. So it, it's really wet here, saturated. Yeah. And like you said, what's the, the fields uh, that are left, man, the tie, they just look pretty ugly. So the crop's probably not increasing. Um, the crop is probably shrinking. But uh, it's going to take a while to figure out what's what's out there. Yep. All right. So a couple of big things that hit today is one we had the um, kind of the the United States and and China were going to meet at the uh, at the whatever conference was down in Chile, and they were going to they were going to sign a phase one agreement that had a lot to do with. Uh, the agricultural products, and uh, because that got canceled, now they're kind of up in the air when they're going to be able to do that. Sounds like they've had plenty of conversations on the phone. They've gone back and forth and have hit some, I guess, critical, uh, I guess, compromises in there, but we've heard that before. So, you know, take out the grain of salt. Um, the markets are not responding to that even a little bit, so um, they're kind of just bouncing around, corn and soybeans are, but Soybeans had a fairly good day today, but you know corn was kind of where it's been at, hovering around that three eighty eight to three ninety two range, and it's kind of bouncing back and forth there of late. What's your thoughts on that, and how's that going to affect the market uh, moving through the weekend if something doesn't get? Um, yeah, I think a couple right. things. There, there were some um, talk from both sides here, uh, both yesterday and today. Uh, it does sound like it's pretty optimistic that that phase one is, is a done deal. And it sounds like they're trying to get a location and a date scheduled to where 
the Chinese president and President Trump can meet and sign that. And so um, to me, and that, that I think is still going to, uh, I think they're still shooting for somewhere kind of like in the last half or third week of November. So sometime in the next two or three weeks. Um, I think once it is final and you get some details there on quantities and, and what they're going to take and how much, uh, it will, it will be a big sigh of relief for the market, no matter what it is. I mean, we, they talked about $50 billion. They talked about $50 billion over two years. Um, no matter what it is, the market then is just going to finally breathe a sigh of relief. And, um, I think it will be a positive thing. So, you know, there's, uh, there's, there has been a little bit of talk that there could be uh, included in there some U.S. ethanol, uh, some U.S. sorghum, some U.S. wheat, obviously beans, uh, pork, possibly beef. And so the market just needs to know how much and, and what. And uh, so I think, uh, bottom line, that there is a lot of opportunity still for that to be supportive to prices. Is it going to rally corn a dollar? No. Uh, is it going to rally beans a dollar? No, but it could still give us a, a, a nice boost. And then, um, you know, more importantly, in one week, we have the USDA uh, November crop report, and, and that will refocus us as well on what's out there, what the yields are, um, what do they do with demand. So that's going to be a big, a big report here in, in one week as well. Yeah. Okay. So along with that, on Monday, you'll have that, the harvest progress report come out. And uh, right now we're kind of hovering around that 40% mark completed across the, across everything that's out there. Based on what I'm seeing here at Pro Farmer, it looks like the market is going to be hoping for something between 52 and 55%. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think there's going to be a lot of stuff harvested between now and Monday just because of the way the weather is. Uh, yeah, and the weather uh, most of the week, I, I would... I think that that's uh, maybe a little bit optimistic. Um, I don't think that there was a lot done in, in the upper Midwest. And then other areas south are, you know, kind of already getting done. So there may have been a little bit of movement, but it's still going to be one of the slowest harvest paces. Uh, I think right now we're like third slowest in history on corn. Um, and we've caught up a little bit on beans. I think beans are a little north of 60%. Uh, bottom line, there's a lot left. Uh, the forecast is not great anyway. It seems like they've kind of added a little bit of, uh, of of rain in there. And, it, and the problem now is it's wet. It's like spring. It's wet enough now that one more little rain keeps you out for another couple of days. So um, the market will watch that. That will start uh, becoming an issue, especially if it doesn't um, you know, get to picking up pace here quickly. And I think the deeper in November we get... Uh, you know, if we don't start making some strides and, and pick up the pace a little bit, that'll start being a supportive factor, um, especially in the case of corn. Okay, so with that crop report that comes out next week on the 8th, and let's say Monday we don't reach that, that 52 or 55%, um, and nothing really changes in that overall bushels per acre. Sorry, man, I went blank there. Bushels per acre. If none of that changes, how do you think the market's going to respond to that? You think we'll see something like we did in October, where we had that that huge just run down, and the next day there's a big run back up? Um, I, no, I don't think so. I think if they're unchanged on it, um, that we just continue on with what we've been doing, and that's kind of slopping around, maybe in like a 
you know, I don't know, three, 380 to, to 390 range. Really, we've, we've kind of been in that range for a couple of weeks now. So I, I think you just keep slopping around a little bit um, if that's the case. If they go up in yield, uh, you know, dramatically, say a bushel in corn, yeah, I think that could cause a little bit of pressure. Um, personally, I think that there's enough evidence out there that I've seen that they can cut bean yields. I think that's probably the most important number is what do they do with bean yields. And that will help spill over to corn too. If they, uh, if they'd cut bean yields, I, the market, I haven't seen all the average estimates, but a lot of, uh, a lot of the private ones I've seen here the last couple of days are thinking kind of like unchanged on beans. Uh, to me, my brain just, you know, it's a lot of people getting done with beans that I've talked to that are ending up in the low sixties, like here in Illinois, that's yeah, 10 bushels or more below a year ago. You hear very few, very few 70 bushel yields, even on a, at a field basis level. And last year, you know, if you had 70 bushel field, you were, you're kind of embarrassed to say because everybody else had 80 and 90 bushel fields. So my point is that these yields this year are way under a year ago. And to think that we're, you know, four bushels roughly or a little bit less below a year ago nationally, I, I think they've got a lot of room to lower bean yield. I think if they do, that'll maybe shock the market a little bit and give us, um, I, mean, I think beans just need a little bit of a reason to rally whether that's some more China news or bean yields dropping. And, and so I think that's going to be a key to everything. And if bean yields drop and beans rally, I think that'll spill over and help um, help support corn too. So yeah. putting, uh, putting all my eggs in one basket here, but I think the bean yield number is really, really important in the big picture uh, on next Friday's report. Yeah. Okay, so now another, another aspect of that too is that uh, wheat had a pretty good close here at the end of the week. Soft red winter wheat was closed up seven and a half in, in December, and December hard red winter wheat closed up six and a quarter. Um, so they had a pretty good close for the week, and there's a lot of that had to do with some of this China stuff that we're seeing. Also, there were some pretty good exports um, for uh, U.S. spring wheat. Uh, announced this week to uh, some European countries and stuff like that. But there's still some big pressures over there. Uh, in Argentina and Australia, as far as those crops look, so talk about the wheat market. What you see there? Yeah, the the wheat market's holding up well. The funds are long wheat now for the first time in a long, long time. Uh, they've only been net long wheat. Uh, don't hold me to this, but only three or four times in the last couple of years. So they're not a lot, not a huge position yet. They're net long about ten thousand contracts. As you mentioned, there were some rumors floating around today that China was um, snooping around for U.S. wheat. Um, sometimes when there's smoke, there's fire. And, um, you know, we are doing some okay business. And I think uh, if you did see China confirmed in for some U.S. wheat or U.S. wheat's going to be a decent part of this package um, that we get done from this phase one trade deal, uh, you, you know, you could see a nice rally in wheat. I think that um, that's going to be an opportunity, though, for producers. Um, I, I think that wheat may be, you know, 30 to 50 cents um, upside. And if you see that, you've, you've got to take advantage, whether that's cleaning up, you know, this 2019 uh, crop, if you still have some of that around 2021 for sure, uh, or 2020 and possibly even 2021, because there's not going to be a shortage um of supplies in the world and so you're probably not looking at it, some dynamic two dollar rally in wheat 
but uh, for sure it's going to help and you got to kind of use those speculative extremes you know the funds get uh, 50 60 70,000 contract long position built up um you got to use that as an opportunity to start doing some risk management and and hedging so i i think that like you said we closed pretty well for the week we've had a little correction off the highs i like the way we closed also it's the start of a new month so if you get in next week and you can get a little better trade news or um the market can kind of hold together and, and the funds plow into some longs the first few days of a new month i think that could be the spark to a nice rally as well so uh next couple of weeks are going to get interesting with this crop report uh with the china deal and then obviously harvest weather for corn and beans are going to be important so there could be a little more movement here in the month of november than maybe what we've seen the last couple of weeks i think you're right um when you look at start looking over here at the cattle complex um and the hog complex man there's just there's to tell two different cities here for sure hogs have as far as i'm concerned and i'm not an expert by any means but when i look at the hog market and all the stuff that's going on in in china and southeast asia and all along in the philippines and everywhere else that you see there i don't understand why the hog market has has such a slow reaction to what's going on i mean they just get beat up day in day out and i mean obviously there's a lot of uh, of production here in the u.s but there's a lot of need around the world so talk about the hog market what you see in there i mean they had a they closed down the day a dollar 55 um on the february and april contracts so there's just a, a ton of pressure there um across what you see just across the whole complex yeah it's it's confusing um you know a couple what is it, three weeks ago we had a huge number that uh china purchased um of pork part of it is the transparency of uh, of that they don't have daily sales announcements like they do in the grains just once a week on thursday mornings there was even some confusion that maybe the usda was double counting or not counting some of those uh those those numbers correctly uh, yeah i think there's some just the the futures contract mechanics behind as well because the hogs lean hogs are cash settled they're tied to the the lean hog index which is cash related and the cash market just stinks right now. There's too much supply. Um, there's not enough demand to get the hog market fired up. And that's why hogs are really reluctant to rally. But what's even more confusing is if you look out, you know, like into the summer, uh, June, July, August contracts, those are, you know, 90, 90 bucks or higher. And so there is a lot of optimism built out um, in those. You know, it's not very often you see $90 summer hogs. And so that's somewhat built in out there. The spreads are massive from the current contract to, you know, two or three contracts out deferred. And so some of that's already baked into prices and, and, and they're pretty good. That doesn't mean we don't have more upside, but we're not going to until the cash market starts rallying. And a lot of times that's seasonal and we don't see that start happening until later in the winter or early spring. And so it's, it's, um, it's a lot like corn in the fact that we're oversupplied. We've got a huge supply of pork. You know, production goes up every year by three or 4%. And it has for, I don't know, four or five years at least. So we have a big, big supply of hogs out there. Um, so it, it's really interesting, and uh, it's it's frustrating to, to watch that market. You see, you know, China was in there again this week, not for large amounts, but 
they've been pretty consistent buyer of U.S. pork, and they're and they're taking shipments as well, not just buying um, you know new stuff. They're they're taking what they purchased here, um, you know, a couple months back. So it's a good sign, but it's been a confusing uh, couple of months of trade in the in the hogs. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about the cattle complex here a little bit. So at the end of October, um, they closed out the same way. And, and today as they did at the end of October, they've been they've regained all the stuff that we saw happen at the end of uh, uh, at the post-fire, I guess, is however you want to however you want to put that yep. in there. But now they've kind of regained all that stuff and you take a look and we we'll see what's happening now. Looks like to me, cattle has a very bullish trend and it's going to continue that way just based on what I've seen happen over the last, you know, 30 days or so. Um, what's your thoughts on that? And, and how do you, how do you see this working out here through, um, through November? Yeah, yeah we've recovered all um, of those losses from that plant fire. And, and then some, we've rallied about 21 plus dollars straight up um, in cattle. And you're coming into time frame where, uh, you know, especially as you get into December, January, February, uh, the seasonal considerations start kicking in and you start talking about, you know, winter weather and any snowstorms that we see in the, in the plains can, can have a positive influence. Cash market has been strong. Um, so things look really good there. You got to understand, though, we're out here in the low 120s on defer like February and April cattle. I think they're in the 122 to 124 range. Um, they could have a little more upside, but boy, you know, mid to upper 120s, I just, you just absolutely have to do something from a producer standpoint uh, to take some money off the table, even if that's just buying some puts, because it just, you know, look back to that fire. All it takes is one little disruption, um, you know, or some sort of a, a disease issue or a health problem and we've got you know big problems out there so things look really good right now but when things look good you know what the other the other shoe to drop is so i think we have to take advantage of that um you know now maybe not immediately but for sure if they'd get another two to five dollars generated to the upside in, in cattle you just have to start doing some risk management there and hoping you're wrong and still having some upside, um, hoping you're wrong and, and, and hedging early and living to fight another day uh, because they can sure take it away in a hurry too. So it's been a pretty historic move. We've had moves this caliber before, but it's not very often you have a 20 plus dollar rally in cattle uh, straight up and it has been pretty straight up. Yes, it has. All right, Chip. Well, plenty of stuff going on as usual, man. Uh, a lot of things going out there, whether it's political or weather or just, you know, the unknown. Um, if folks are working on if folks are working on a plan or need some help, get some guidance on that. What's the best way to do that, Chip? Yeah, best way is just give us a call at the office at 309-550-7213. We'd love to chat with you or uh, sit down with you on your farm. Uh, winter time frame is a, is a good time to do that and, and, you know, develop a risk management plan. Obviously we know we got to get harvest wrapped up here, but uh, it's, it's critical to have a plan and then execute that plan through the season. So we'd love to chat with you, give you some advice on uh, what you're currently doing. Sounds good, man. Well, Chip, take care of yourself. We'll talk to you again next week, man. Sounds good. Have a good weekend. You too. All right. See you. In the 21st century. Hard
in time again Through the years you'll find us here Moving higher